we hear nothing but the gentle whistling of wind. We're no longer in the Harrow Court, nor are we in Absalom. We are far, far away in the northernmost reaches of the planet, peering into the past. The desolate heights of the Stormspear Mountains are almost otherworldly and empty, save for a single figure who stands alone atop a cliff edge facing the horizon. The view from here seems to drink in the entirety of Galarian below. Garbed in thick hides to shelter against the bitter cold, he holds an instrument out at arm's length and begins fastidiously recording distances and trajectories. His calculations complete, he checks a pocket watch. He is waiting. What little we see of his face protruding from his hood and shawls is wizened by middle age. Nervousness briefly flickers in his expression, but his unwavering focus remains locked on the distant landscapes. A tone in the air changes almost imperceptibly, but it is a sound he knows well. Whoosh! Whoosh! Enormous leathery wings disturb the air as a darting silver shadow eclipses the sun and dives down towards the cliff upon which the man stands unflinching. Driving his staff into the snow, he holds fast against the hurricanes of wind and the overwhelming roar of a gleaming silver dragon, its sharp blue eyes focused upon the man. From its back, a woman descends, floating like a beautiful yet haunting spectre to greet the waiting man. The woman's raven-black hair billows violently in the air and pale skin is pulled taut over striking thin features which remain hidden beneath a thick fur hood and cloak. Her thin ruby lips part to speak in a near whisper that mysteriously carries over the din of the elements. Archmage Spokepoint. The man realises the voice is coming from inside his head. As promised, I have returned. However, this shall be my last visit. Madam Valaspar, he shouts over the dragon's roar. Welcome back to the Eye of Nethys. Your previous quarters are ready for you. Despite his words, unease lingers. Why has she come so soon? Had his divinations not promised more time? Please, let us enter. You are just in time for the assembly. Have you prepared the boy? The archmage hesitates. Our student's regime at the eye is gruelling, as you know. Only the strongest survive. Being my son has not afforded him any special privileges. Aaron has had the best magical education. And yet he struggles with even the most rudimentary of arcane arts. Again, the Archmage hesitates. He dares not ask how she knows, but now he understands why she has come. She intends to train the boy herself. The council tolerates your presence, but they shall not tolerate the practice of witchcraft within these halls. Dinara turns to her mount, issuing brief words of gratitude in Draconic, and the creature departs, disappearing into the clouds. 
Her piercing gaze returns to the Archmage. We shall see. The pair turn and trudge through deep snow, away from the howling wind and cliff face. Following a narrow, uneven pathway, they descend the shadowy ravine in silence and into a large cave. The Archmage's staff emits dancing lights, revealing an immense structure. A towering sphere of polished obsidian, 20 stories high, pressing against the cavern's ceiling. He utters an incantation, touches his staff to it, and reveals a passage inside. Together they step through, emerging in a grand hall of black and white marble, where nearly a hundred children, all dressed in matching robes, sit facing a group of aging wizards on thrones upon a dais. Madame Valaspar and Archmage Spokepoint walk past the students, whispers of which are immediately silenced by a stern glance from the Archmage. He climbs the dais, avoiding the scornful looks from the other council members, and addresses the children. Madame Valaspar stands statuesque behind him. Good morning, students. We are privileged to once again host Madame Denara Valaspar as a guest of the Eye of Nethys, who is here to observe your practices and studies. I assure you that her presence here will not disrupt her. He trails off as Madame Valaspar steps up directly next to him. A thick silence blankets the hall as the witch looks across the room, all faces transfixed on hers. Discomfort emanates from the students like a breaking wave as eight extending legs of a giant tarantula climb upon Madame Valaspar's left shoulder. The creature perches there, joining its mistress in observing the assembly. Where is Aaron Spokepoint? From the middle of the room, an 18-year-old boy with pale, unburned skin nervously stands locking eyes with the witch and her familiar. A satisfied smile curls on her red ruby lips. And the curtain comes down. Thank you for joining us, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, that was awesome. Thank you for that. I would like you all to appreciate the... uh the strength of will I had to not say ah welcome Professor Epstein when he talked about all the uh, legions of boys facing the elderly wizards you did all you all did very well to stay quiet there yeah what was the first first line again from that because that nearly broke me you hear nothing but the gentle whistling of wind yeah I just heard (laughs) 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 gentle whistling of wind oh god We can't have a serious moment. <laughs> what spending all day with children does to a man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right, Jeffrey. What same, fashions? man, same. Yeah. Uh, PR, Welcome PR, back, PR, everyone, PR. to episode 10 of The Death of Destiny. 
could Hello. be one of our players' very last episodes, though, because <laughs> we've, 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 well, how to put it, on the Discord, some people have pointed out that Kimone and Wilhelm had been cheating due to the use of the assurance feat. Uh, Paizo called, as you know, to discuss the use of the fiendish law feat being used for completely irrelevant abilities and checks. All of those pale in comparison <laughs> to the cheating and flagrant disrespect of the rules by a certain bard of the name Malachi Bordello. <laughs> Clearly nobody checked his character sheet. Chris, your time will come. You're not you're still in the docks. Can I just On say in my defense? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new party token tool quite useful on foundry not one we've used that often but now we're on the exploration map it's really good jason pointed out as we started uh, throw me when, under the bus when <laughs> yeah stab me in the back when looking at each of the characters wealth there's a kind of average of around five thousand gold lupin has a bit more but he's got the bag of holding malachi bordello's net worth <laughs> currently twenty six thousand gold <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, mummy had lots of money. He is wearing plus three resilient, greater staunching leather armor, level 18, worth 21,000 gold. <laughs> Chris, you now may make your case for the defense. Um, if I put in a guilty plea, uh, <laughs> the sentence will be reduced. No contest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no You're contest. You're only off for five episodes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So let's just talk about this armor. It gives you a plus four bonus to AC. Fucking <laughs> hell. And then when we were discussing it, we talked about it. I said, well, Chris is like, well, I've already got hit a couple of times. Yes. I know. <laughs> I wonder why. Oh, fucking surprise. <laughs> Hasn't been crit yet. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, listeners. I am truly sorry for my misdemeanor. It is now fixed. I will update my sheets. For the rest of today's session, you will be playing in no armour. Okay. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> now you know how those assassins felt. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you will go one-on-one -on -one with Belinda. We will resurrect Belinda. And you can go one-on-one -on -one with her. <laughs> oh, Disgusting. Truly, internet, I am really sorry. Anyone listening to this? He's not. Before we start recording, he said he'd do it again. You're severely <laughs> upset, like 300,000 people at least. <laughs> we haven't talked about it. it's plus four knuckle that's dusty, it I'm going to yeah. get cancelled stop it <laughs> look anyway. if there's one thing we know about TTRPG fans on the internet is that they're all really relaxed about minor breaches <laughs> so you'll be fine <laughs> yeah but Jason you've always used the word minor there I wouldn't class this as a minor penalty this some is some might say that this is evil mm. <laughs> flagrant disregard <laughs> for the rules oh, God. evil don't worry I shall get my revenge when my uh, my monster accidentally yeah. has has plus three armor on. <laughs> oh, sorry, you're fighting a level eighteen creature. Sorry. Oh, me and numbers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's in your bedroom, Malachi. That's a shame. To be fair, that sounds about half of the course of Malachi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where he keeps them. Fighting yeah. an ogre in his bedroom sounds very on on brand. <laughs> You can think of a lot of uses for a gibbering mouth. 
<laughs> oh god. I don't know, no 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 All those tongues. Right. Well I've just taken two D6 psychic damage. Quite the episode last week. Obviously our first foray into Harrow Heart and the Harrow Court. A lot of information to digest there. I think we all handled it reasonably well. Any thoughts from you guys? Anything been going through your mind in the last week since we played? Um, I think it was a genuine sort of shock, really, and the way that we approached it. I think we, we were all a little bit shocked as well. Be interesting to see where we go first, if we indeed go anywhere today. I think the sheer scale of it um, was really, it blew my mind. It yeah. really did. I just, I, I cannot believe how much writing and background has gone into this from Paizo. It's really, like, it's, a, yeah. it's the scale is huge. Yeah. Until last week, I almost forgot that this was a high level campaign, right? I, I, it felt like we were level like yeah. four, five, and now we're in our own dimension with yep. several portals. Yep. Rooms that bend to your will. You've That's, got servants. Mm. You've got a new map, which is, well, hundreds of miles across. That's what level 12 should feel like. Mm. That's, uh, holy shit. Jason, how did you, uh... I think, yeah, it is that there's a lot to, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I think it looks fairly apparent that there's going to be much more emphasis on downtime than there has in previous APs we've run. Um, mm. You know, we've run three or four now, um, and, and not one of them really has had any any real opportunity for any kind of downtime, which is sort of quite uh, quite a potentially important bit for a party in, in a longer campaign. So I, I'm looking forward to because it's not really a system I've ever really interacted with. So I'm looking forward to mm. having a bit of a bit of a, a get my teeth into that and seeing how that works. Yeah, and it's definitely. It's like a really big part of the game, and it's not, as you say, not one we've really touched before. But here it does feel like, certainly from what I've read and from what I can see, that you are encouraged to spend time in the Harrow Court and to explore potentially some of its secrets and use of these epitomes in the cards. And yeah, it's really cool stuff. So anyway, we begin today's session with a fantastic flashback from Aaron Spokepoint, learn a little bit more about his past. Great stuff there, Matt. You can have a hero point to start tonight's session, an extra Thank one you very much. for that. So I hope we get to hear more from the other characters. So the way I'm going to play it is that scene happened as Aaron uh, retired for the night. I'm going to say that the camera starts on Aaron in his bed, sort of maybe... <gasps> waking up in his newly furnished room, feeling quite overcome, possibly a little bit scared, maybe a little bit hesitant, shakes mm. himself out of it. We see him there. And Aaron, as you wake up, get yourself out of bed, you notice that you're a little bit unsteady on your feet. Okay. You don't quite feel yourself and... Your current status is clumsy too, and you are unable to speak at all. <laughs> so, um, nope, you're not able to speak. 
<laughs> can Massey can Massey speak? Massey speak. Yeah. So this is because you did so great at the very beginning. Like, <laughs> yeah, you've you're you've overshadowing done your bit. Craig's, uh... <laughs> yeah, the power has gone to his head. Yeah. Um, so Aaron get, uh, gets out of bed, and it is really disconcerting waking up in this room because it is almost a like for like um, replica of his dormitory at this school, and. It's really disconcerting, but then he obviously remembers what's happened and he gets out of bed, maybe he's just getting dressed and he stumbles and he naturally just kind of makes a noise, but like nothing comes out. Is that what happens? Yep. So if he's moving his mouth and he's trying to speak, there's just like literally nothing. Yep. Feeling quite unwell, sort of almost like a bit shaky, this kind of very vivid dream stumbles kind of calls out or shouts out as maybe stubs his toe. Yeah. One of the, the most painful things that can happen to a human. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say it's his little one, the worst. Uh, and nothing comes out at all. And I'm clumsy too as well. Clumsy too. Aaron is going to stumble to the door, probably fighting off feelings of vertigo and throws the door open and kind of tumbles out into the corridor and starts knocking on the door next to his. And the door next to yours is where a sleeping Lupin Malice is. And he repeatedly keeps banging on the door. I don't want to go to school today, mother. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, who's there? And he knocks again on the door, hearing your voice. I'm not coming to the door unless you announce yourself. (laughs) If If you're so drunk you can't speak, we're going to be having words. Well, I'll be having words. You obviously won't be having words. Um, and he, he gets up and he answers the door absolutely butt naked. <laughs> and Aaron is is so is so panicked about his voice that he doesn't even look down, doesn't notice. And he just, he's gesturing at his throat and he's moving his mouth and trying to communicate and speak, but just nothing's coming out. And then he's kind of... St- <laughs> I just, I want more than anything else right now for Malachi to walk around the corner and see a naked Lupin standing there with Aaron frantically gesturing at his face. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, what what you fail to notice as you get out of bed, sort of half asleep, to answer the door. We'll talk about what your bedroom looks like. And you, you swing open the door. You see air on there. You're butt naked. But as you swing the door, you also notice that you are rather unsteady on your feet. You can still speak, but you are clumsy one. Okay. Right. And you trip <laughs> face first. Aaron, what are you doing? What, what's, and- what's happening? And he's trying to gesture and and move move his mouth as he's trying to speak to you, and nothing's coming out. And again, because he's more clumsy or dizzy than you, he just kind of falls back against the wall and is trying to prop himself up. Uh, okay, yeah. God, I feel like shit. Um, yeah. Hang on, I'll 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 get a robe. Uh, wanders in and uh, puts his goes against his Technicolor dream coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moan and um. Chris, Malachi, and Wilhelm, why don't you roll perception checks for me, please? I want to fail this one so badly. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you both roll well enough, 31 and 35 from Malachi and Wilhelm, that you do from your rooms, even if you're not sleeping here, some kind of commotion going on in the hallway outside. <laughs> Wilhelm, having been up for almost the entire night, um, will instantly get up from the chair he's been sitting and thinking there's been some sort of intrusion and and run out of his room with the with the rapier drawn also naked no <laughs> he's <laughs> fully dressed in a fresh <laughs> for the first time in a fresh uh set of clothes wow very good uh, malachi comes out in his underwear Yes, his armor has suddenly disappeared throughout the night <laughs> into the closet. Oh dear. And you see this strange scene. You see Lupin kind of holding himself up by the door, uh, now in his robe. You see Aaron turning towards you, gesticulating, unable to speak, and clearly quite clumsy on his feet. Right, Aaron, what's going on here? I, Lupin, <clears throat> you dressed? You dressed in there? Yep. Yes, yes, mostly. Um, <clears throat> right, uh... Why have you just left it's, him on the doorstep? So, so Lupin now sort of opens <laughs> opens the door. He's wearing literally just a, a cloak that he's sort of pulled round himself. It's, uh, um, how, how do you? Uh, this is. I, I'm aware this is going to be a slightly loaded question, but how are you, how are you feeling today? I, I don't feel good, and I dare say Aaron's worse off than I am. Craig, how do we feel? Malachi and Wilhelm feel perfectly fine. Well, I had a couple of beers last night, but I feel all right now today. It's... So, so just a normal level of fuzziness? Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I dare say something we've <clears throat> something we've tangled with at some point is uh, even as something rather unpleasant. Uh, stay here, stay here. And Lupin goes back into uh, back into the room and uh, comes out a few seconds later holding a pair of antidotes these are just lesser antidotes an antidote protects you against toxins uh, upon drinking an antidote you gain a plus two item boost to fortitude saving throws against poisons for six hours so okay. th these are antidotes these these would work for poisons but uh, they may not work for diseases uh, I'm not sure I've got anything uh, not sure I've got anything specific for it hang on wait a second goes back in again <laughs> comes back out with a um with something that actually looks quite familiar. He's actually got another Fulu of the Stoic Ox, and he grabs this. I, I assume um, Aaron is is dressed in his usual robes. In usual robes, yep. Lupin sort of staggers his way across and sort of somewhat clumsily tries to affix this uh, this talisman, this Fulu, to, to Aaron's robes, and it takes him a minute or two because obviously he's clumsy, but uh, eventually manages to get this uh, attached. So uh, now you remember. You remember I gave you one of these a couple of days ago. Aaron uh, nods. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this. He's shouting loudly in his ear, and Aaron's like, "I can hear. <laughs> I can hear just fine." So, so when you when you try and, and fight off whatever this might be, as uh, uh, you know, if you were to let's say roll a check against this disease, uh, th this would this would help you with that. This would give you a. Uh, Oh, let's say around a, uh, a around about a, a plus two on a scale of one to t one to ten, a uh, status bonus against any triggering fortitude saves, or on all fortitude saves against that same disease for the next minute or so. It's all very, it's all there on the on the paper. You can see it. Yes, all, all written there. <laughs> I like the idea. It's written on this feeling. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so has he given the antidote as well to Aaron? Uh Yeah, so he's handed an antidote and he's handed the Fulu. So he's basically between the two, one of these should at least help. And he necks the other antidote himself. Yeah, I will neck the antidote as well. Okay. And the Fulu is affixed to my robes. Okay. I think um, I think I know exactly what's fucking done this. It was, um, I want to say, Boney M, because I'm fairly sure that hit me and I failed a fort save, and I think it critically hit you, didn't it, Matt? Or Yeah, I think you're right. That's the only thing I can think of, because I, I remember I failed a fortitude save and Craig just went, okay, which normally means, right, you've got something that's coming <laughs> later. <laughs> the assassins have... Uh poisons as well i can't remember if... possibly but they didn't hit me yeah just gonna throw it out there you do i believe possess the ability to see what's wrong with you yes yes we could um or not it's up to you <laughs> yeah absolutely okay i am trained in medicine <laughs> you just can't tell us what the problem is <laughs> i can't know you okay, can write so it down yeah aaron aaron will attempt to diagnose what is going on with him and Lupin. Okay, why don't you roll a medicine check? Okay. Is a natural four for a 20. That is a critical fail. <laughs> now that uh, Wilhelm has figured out that there wasn't any immediate danger with his rapier uh, tucked away, he's going to walk over to the two and um, realizing that Aaron apparently can't talk at all, he uh, sort of looks at him and casts message, and Aaron hears in his head, "Try, try talking to me this way." And I think Aaron should be able to respond. I think that's how I think message, message they can respond up to like a small amount, up to twenty-five it? words or something. Is I think, but that might be a D and D thing. I'm getting confused. The target can give a brief response as a reaction, as a free action in the next turn, but they must be okay. able to see you and be within the range. If they respond, their response is delivered directly to your ear, just like the original message. And uh, in response to uh, Wilhelm's message, Aaron says, I don't know what happened. I, I, I slept well, I, I dreamt, but then I woke up and I felt dizzy and I can't get my bearings and I can't talk. Maybe we should ask Milton. That would be a good idea, I, th I think. Aaron's thinking is that this place is incredibly dreamlike and, you know, this bizarre newly created reality maybe being here has, has impacted him i think that's where his thought has gone unless lupin has said about boning m out loud but i think his initial thoughts is that it's this place that's affected him wilhelm immediately darts around the others and says wait which one of you has eaten any of the food here um, well, i think we, we all have haven't we aaron puts his hand up yes i, I believe all, all of us did uh with the possible exception of, of yourself, I didn't see you shuffling. No, I didn't touch throat. anything, but I, I also feel fine. Malachi, you, did you eat anything? Oh, yeah, I ate it all last night. But there goes I'm my faced. theory. Um, <laughs> I dare say Malachi's liver is perhaps more advanced than most of ours at processing toxins, but... Uh... <laughs> I've pumped enough money into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Only one of you is trained in medicine, is that right? Yeah, it is the one so. who can't speak. Mm. Um, <laughs> Aaron is going to... Well, he, he goes rustling in his bag and he pulls out a rolled-up bit of parchment and hands it to Lupin. And it's a scroll of restoration. And Ooh. he kind of indicates that 
know he would cast it himself, but he can't speak. And I think that there's a verbal component. Let me just double check. Yes, there is. So it doesn't look like that will help us with the disease as such. But if you want me to, if you, if you want me to cast that, I'm, I'm happy to cast that on uh, on Aaron. If you want to try and reduce clumsy. Clumsy's l- l- not the worst of things for Aaron because it's dexterity, isn't it? But yeah. not being able to speak means that that cuts me out of being able to cast <laughs> a yeah. lot of spells that require verbal components. I think so... the problem is, is this. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to help with that. Reading the uh, restorative magic counters, the effects of toxins and conditions that prevent the creature from functioning its best. When you cast restoration, choose to either reduce a condition or lessen the effect of a toxin. So as if you lessen the effect, you reduce the stage of one toxin target stuff suffers by one stage. This can't reduce the stage below stage one or cure the affliction. So I suppose okay. the question here is, is this, do we know whether this is a toxin or what is a toxin? Is a toxin a disease or poison? If you say toxin to me, I think poison. I'm going to roll its poison. I think that seems reasonable. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. Okay, cool. So, I mean, we have both... Uh, we've both now taken antidotes, and Aaron has the the Fulu as well. Is do we when do we roll our next checks? Unfortunately, I you critically failed. Well, the way <laughs> I read it is you don't know. But mechanically, we must. You will not. be able to know, yeah. But when that time comes, not right. Okay. Can't, I, I can't see how you'd preempt it if you don't know what the. Uh... No, is I'm asking you from a player's point of view. Sure. Is is yeah? Is this something that we roll? on a daily basis is this something that we roll on a weekly basis that's yeah because obviously question. <laughs> you see what i mean that is yeah but it, yeah but the problem is is like i say is we've got consumables yep and we've just drunk those consumables but is you yeah, can but, only yeah we don't know mad crit failed the check to find out so that's mm. that yeah we'll just have to suck it and see looking at both of them and craig shut the fuck up wilhelm <laughs> Just gonna try and see if this, uh, whatever this condition is, um, might have a might have some sort of fiendish sauce <laughs> with his unassured fiendish law. Okay, all right. I want to see if um, if it's fiendish if, or not. Yeah, I, I just want to check if. Um, I suppose if, the argument is is that if it is a disease that maybe comes specifically from fiends. Someone who is particularly well versed in fiends might recognize it. Maybe mm. the fiend that right. we met. So basically, what what Wilhelm is trying to do is is he's trying to recall if he's ever read anything about any fiends that spread anything at all that uh, w- that has similar symptoms to the one that to the ones that Lupin and and Aaron are experiencing. I like it. Roll me a fiendish lore check, please. <laughs> Watch me crit fail. Oh! The natural six for 24. Oh! Wilhelm, you do not recall anything relevant. Oh, to no! No! <laughs> can, I, can I use bardic lore in the face of uh, fiendish lore? Oh, jeez. At this point, I'm just hoping this disease is fucking terminal. Can I roll <laughs> athletics? <laughs> we complain about on. a breakfast. Yeah, we complain about a breakfast scene and then spend three hours fucking sitting here going, "Well, are we doctors? No, we're not." I know, as you you guys as players are annoyed. There's this itch now that you're like, well, "I need to know." But this is the game. 
Guys, let's discuss this matter over some breakfast. Oh no, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything I know. Just say Does it reduce hungry. the DC after four hours of breakfast? Ramon, I do have a question for you. Um, this lack of sleep and eating and stuff, like you said you didn't sleep at all. What Can you talk us through what what's happening sure. there? Because if a character sure. doesn't rest, they usually will wake up fatigued. And- yes, um, Willem does rest, but only for around two hours a night. Uh, the rest of which he's going to stay up and then sort of watch over the environment. Um, so he has a level 7 magic item called the Ring of Sustenance. Okay. Which um, I'm just going to read the text. Uh, this polished wooden ring constantly refreshes your body and mind. You don't need to eat or drink while wearing it. And you need only two hours of sleep per day to gain the benefits of eight hours of sleep. Oh, Ah, I do notice it's an uncommon item. I have asked you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you checked his sheet. I have asked you weeks in advance. <laughs> okay, so the ring of sustenance is what's causing the, uh, the ability yes. to not sleep. All right. Yes. So everyone wakes up after this dream. He's unable to speak. Clumsy too. Lupin goes to Lupin's door. Lupin answers, but naked. Stumbles. Also finds himself clumsy one, but is still able to sleep. Throws on a cloak. You guys come and join him. And between the level 12 characters, we are unable to determine what the disease or poison or effect is. Over to you. Let's grab some breakfast. Yes. (laughs) No! We should go and speak to Milton, I guess, anyway. So maybe head down to the main hall. Sounds like a good idea. You get yourself dressed. I'll assume you make your daily preparations and find yourselves back in the ground hall where you are greeted with the smells of breakfast. The table is set for four. You see Milton in there cleaning the fountain area. You see a couple of servants also now present in the area who are sweeping and performing general duties. The place, although certainly not uh, restored to its former glory, certainly looks a lot cleaner than it did when you went to bed last night. And uh, Milton looks over. Ah, morning, sires. Did you sleep well? Aaron goes to answer and nothing comes out. (laughs) Um, I think he's he's saying (laughs) yes, we did. We slept well enough, but uh, both myself and... uh, and Aaron here appear to have woken up feeling feeling rather unwell. Um, you don't happen to, uh, amongst all the, uh, all the various halls and things, we don't happen to have a doctor here, do we? I apologise, sire. No, there is no clinician on site. Not something Harrow Hart has needed in the past. Very well. Uh, don't, don't happen to have a, uh, a store here or, or anything in uh, any nearby... If I was where we can buy some basic supplies, do you? I'm afraid not, sir. No, the village down below is is poor. Uh, whatever items we need are held here in Harrow Heart, but no store of any kind. My apologies. Hmm. We have prepared pancakes and eggs for breakfast before you ask. <laughs> <laughs> and they are free. No charge, sire. Uh, what, what type of eggs? <laughs> Scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, and you hear, you hear? No, he's not, no, 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 just carry on. <laughs> I'm not getting into Damn this it. again. I thought I'd got him. I thought I'd I'm got not him. Getting into this again. Aaron, hearing Lupin asking about supplies, can tell that he's you know frantic about where we can get some 
something to help with this illness and Aaron grabs his sleeve and points back towards the portal and indicates remembering the yesterday that we found out that any of these portals will take us back to Galarian although we don't know where and he looks back towards Milton as if to say you know maybe he knows I think I think what the boy is gesturing towards here is uh, do you do you know where these portals lead is, is there any chance any of these would uh, lead us within a short distance of where we need to, uh, where we may be able to supply uh, get some supplies uh, sire regarding the portals to the north all I can tell you is that they lead back into Galarian. You do possess the ability to peer through them and try and discern where they lead. I will also remind you that you have learned of the ritual of entering the Harrow Court. It is the same ritual to leave, and you will appear in the exact same place from whence you came. And I say uh, that that may be our, our first course of action, is, is perhaps I've to return from whence we came I have some questions I'd like to uh, to understand about how how this portal business works as well that uh, travelling back may be able to answer I will try my best sire always enjoy your poached eggs ah you said they were scrambled oh (laughs) (laughs) it's literally the only note I've made this entire fucking campaign Malachi (laughs) will you be locking me in the fridge again this evening (laughs) (laughs) you have to press a button in the living room and then run very quickly back into the fridge (laughs) mind out for the t-rex in the basement (laughs) all right so you speak to milton he's unable to really shed any light but he does tell you that if you look through the portals you might be able to discern where they are a kind of look before you leap if you like and that if you were to use the same ritual that got you here, you would return back to the place from where you started. I don't know what anyone else is, but I'm not wild about potentially going into unknown areas with me being clumsy one and our spellcaster not being able to use any verbal components whatsoever. So I think our, I presume our first course of action would be to maybe go back to quote-unquote safe location if we go back to Absalom and so we, we'll be able to find something there that will at least, even if it's a scroll of, um, is it removed disease or something? I just want to mention that safe place that you just that you just mentioned. Um, the last, quite literally, the last time we were there, we were ambushed and almost killed. Just throwing it out there. I've been randomly attacked <laughs> more times in that city alone in the last two days. Than I have been in the last five years. <laughs> I, I'm aware that uh, with, with your particular area of expertise, this may be a, a saying you've heard before, but uh, better the devil you know. And there's also questions to find in Absalom as well, because of the butcher and and who sent the assassins and all of all of that kind of thing. So I still think there's stuff to play out in Absalom. Aaron doesn't say any of that, obviously. (laughs) Only if I don't have to talk to Eric Kanesh this time. (laughs) That's my condition. That's that's fine. Is uh, is uh, Aaron's in no position to resist anyway, so he can do the listening. What does Malachi think? I think we should try and uh, have a look through these portals and see if we can discern some places where we need to go. 
my, my concern is, is, is whilst we can peer through the portals, we, uh, for all we know, we could be stepping out in the middle of a bloody Zulgath war camp. Jason's read the GM guide. <laughs> <laughs> Not more Zulgaths. I've had enough of those fuckers. <laughs> we can look, though, Lupin. We can look. There's nothing I'm in looking and poking our heads through. And just Again, is, is, uh, my, my concern may be is, is we have no guarantee that if we go through this portal is that we'll be able to immediately go back. Sure, but... We can see we can see things through them from this side is what I'm saying. Yes, we and can we... see everything that happens to be standing directly in front of the giant glowing portal. And then maybe we can probably pick the least threatening one. I mean, the, the least one threatening these... one is the one that takes us back to the area that we know is relatively safe. I, I don't understand why we so seem so hell bent on taking an unnecessary risk with two of our party almost incapacitated. Let me just ask you this, Lupin. Have you never had a fever before? <laughs> I, <laughs> only jungle fever, but that was in my youth. <laughs> I don't know what that means. There appears to be some sort of language barrier. It's an age gap, sire. <laughs> <laughs> we can go to the bazaar. It's fine. I, I don't know anyone there. I, I, I don't know who could have us. It may be we need little more than, uh, than simply the services of a good apothecary or a, uh, I dare say, even someone who can sell us a scroll to remove uh, disease or remove toxin or, or something like that. Is is There are multiple ways of solving this. All we have to do is find somewhere that will sell us one. How do you know that um, that this is a disease at all? I mean, the way I see it, um, I, I, I've known you all for two days now. I'm sorry if I <laughs> misinterpret anything, but... So, Aaron. Calm down. You. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> no! <laughs> the, the way I see it, Aaron, <laughs> I've seen you um, do a lot of things, but with all due respect, you don't seem to have a very good grasp on what it is that you do. Is that fair to say? Aaron considers that for a minute and nods his head so could it be and correct me if i'm wrong i have i i don't really have an idea about uh, how magic works but you two are sleeping next to each other what if aaron had some sort of magical burst in his sleep and you were affected as well lupin I, uh, I, I can't rule it out. I'm, I'm not a man of such expertise, and which is why I'm proposing that perhaps we, we find someone who has this sort of expertise who can maybe uh, maybe explain it for us rather than heading off into the middle of a jungle. Yeah, no, uh, that's a stupid idea, Malachi. I don't know why you, why, why you think that. <laughs> you are getting this all wrong. All I'm saying is we can try and discern if it is a city, if there is an apothecary there, like, we can see if it's city-based or something, and maybe there will be someone. We can't we can't be pussyfooting around. But, but, but there's but literally the Grand the, Bazaar at our, <laughs> at our disposal. Well, where, let's go then. If the Grand Bazaar's there, we know it's there. That's safe. Let's go then. Right, why guys, did we have breakfast <laughs> already? Why are we even going? Why are we even discussing Lupin, this? Lupin's hand is twitching. It's going towards the jacket that the gun is in. Someone sort it out. Come on. Aaron. Or, or see, I've seeing, got seeing the tensions, or I've got Seeing the tensions raise after breakfast has pulled out the empty throne and starts to stare into it. And as you do so, 
you hear a nice riffling sound in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find it. Here we go. As Aaron stares into the card, a portal begins appearing in front of you, its edges lined with thick, shuffling cards that riffle in a pleasing manner. And as the portal bursts open after one minute, you see a window back into Stirrup and Barding. Aaron steps through into the portal. Uh, Lupin follows. Wilhelm as well. And Malachi stays. (laughs) Close the portal, close the portal! (laughs) The Stargate is his Malachi got all the shit there for for making a decision when actually his option seemed pretty logical to me. And then (laughs) Wilhelm had the argument and then it's Malachi in trouble for it. He's like, why are you wasting our time, Malachi? <laughs> what? I like how Malachi flip-flopped as well, saying, yeah, let's just, why aren't we not going to the Grand Bazaar? <laughs> why haven't we gone already? Because you're fucking arguing about it. Karen Bordello is a level 20 healer. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> oh, not this okay. time, Not this time. Fucking hell. Okay. Right, That's you're back so in stirrup and barding. Okay. Um, out of interest, what time of day is it? 9am. Okay, in stirrup and bite. So basically is the, the reason for the asking is so time passes while we're in the Harrow Hut. It appears that it does, but okay. you're obviously still inside a building, so yeah. Yeah, but he's, at least one of the doors has been kicked in, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, next most important question. I know what's going. Go to the window. <laughs> is the donkey there? <laughs> 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 Fine, it's 2,000 years in the future. That's a Starfinder spin-off. <laughs> there are a few flies buzzing round the bodies of the dead assassins that are still in there, as is the dead body of the tiefling that you dragged in. But the donkey's away. <laughs> you step outside, the donkey appears perfectly fine. I'm going to get to the mystery of who owns that donkey. Gonna find <laughs> who out. feeds this donkey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's yeah, feeding this donkey? On? Yeah, it looks like there's fresh hay in the uh, in the yard as well. This is but, deeply unsettling. I, I'm convinced <laughs> that that donkey is like a silver dragon in disguise. Or this something. will come up in like <laughs> 80 sessions. Yeah, don't give him any ideas. The donkey's the big bad. Yeah, <laughs> Clive the abyssal donkey. So you are back at Stirrup and Barding. You leave. You see the donkey is still there, looking quite healthy. Fresh hay has appeared within the pen. <laughs> God's sake. Bless you. Are you, are you allergic to donkeys, Craig? Allergic to donkeys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the talk of them. So what is the plan? Run me through the exact plan, please. So I'm sure you're all wondering what's going on. What's this weird fucking music? Well, I'm here with Aaron, Matty. Hello. And not only did you get an amazing flashback written by Matty Ryan for Aaron at the start of this episode, we're just going to try a little something to save everyone a lot of pain. Because the team spent the next 30 or 40 minutes discussing how they're going to get rid of these diseases. Isn't that right, Matty? (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, a bit tedious. Tedious would be an understatement. Uh, So rather than make you listen to 30, 40 minutes, and let's be honest, I don't want to edit 30 to 40 minutes of that nonsense. We're just going to give you a quick summary and then you'll be right back to the episode. So Matthew, why don't you start us off? Tell us what happened when you got back to the Grand Bazaar. 
Well, immediately we decided because uh, we're clearly not a party that's built for medicine that we would need to seek out the services of a professional physician. And that's exactly what we did. We were Mm -hmm. able to find a doctor and we paid them the grand sum of 32 gold to diagnose both myself and Lupin with Ferragon tetanus. Wilhelm then used his keen fiendish law classic Mm. uh, to be able to conclude that this was the result of the encounter with the rust devil which was episode one wasn't it way back in episode one yes lupin had failed the check aaron had critically failed the check they both got the same onset number of days so they were both suffering from ferragon tetanus that was their first stop to find someone to do that 32 gold bang done wilhelm detected it's from the rust devil and then knowing what we're up against, we sought out spellcasting services to help us then remove the diseases because Aaron being mute for a day as a spellcaster, Lupin being clumsy, is just very debilitating and we didn't want to move forward through those mysterious portals in Harrowheart with being uh, essentially uh, weakened quite significantly. Now, that's not to say I didn't try to persuade them that they could continue, but they were adamant that they didn't want a mute spellcaster and a <laughs> clumsy <laughs> clumsy uh, Lupin. So, yes, they decided to sell most of the loot they'd accrued. They obtained 633 gold pieces each, so not a bad haul for now. But, of course, the castings themselves were quite expensive, weren't they, Matty? Yes, they were. I think it was 400 gold. Is it 200 each? 200 each from a spellcaster yeah but we had acquired quite a bit of loot uh, a lot of plus two weapons i think that we sold so again a bit of a trade-off and a bit of a hit to do that but i think definitely the right decision to sell the stuff cure our diseases so that we're fighting fit and ready to take on whatever lies ahead And that did take, you would believe it, 30 or 40 minutes to decide. So in quick summary, (laughs) go back to the bazaar, 32 gold for the diagnosis, find out it was, Jason was right, from those rust demons, and then get them cured for 200 gold each. So we are still on the same day, we're a bit later in the afternoon, the heroes have gone back to Harrowheart, where they are stood in front of the first portal, Lupin holding the Paladin Harrow card in hand. Is that it, Manny? That's it. Right, back to the episode. Bye. So you will step in front of the first portal on the far left of the northern wall of the Grand Hall. The mists part, Aaron, as you approach. Lupin, you hold the card. This time there's no sense of anything special happening with it, but the symbol certainly matches. And Aaron, as you peer through, you observe a forest clearing dominated by a few fallen trees. You see various plant life and fauna through there. Does it look like just any other kind of wooded area that I might be used to? If somebody would like to attempt a nature check or an appropriate law check, you may be able to identify (laughs) more. I will attempt a nature check. Bardic law? I'm trained that is a natural seven for a 23. Um, no, Aaron, you certainly... Not, nothing comes to mind for you. Aaron steps out of the way. Hey, it's my first natural one. Lupin <laughs> <laughs> uh, so thinks there might be some trees. Would, would it be possible for Wilhelm to use legal law in order to defend his case uh, <laughs> when arguing <laughs> about using fiendish law? <laughs> 
dear. Um, you won't be Wilhelm. necessary because Malachi has rolled bardic law. Oh, is that good enough? Eighteen for thirty-two. Wait, did did you spell law L A W? Oh yeah. <laughs> Because it's the law. <laughs> Malachi, DC 30. Aye. God knows how, but you are able to <laughs> identify the species of trees as being common to the northwestern reaches of the Deadshot lands in Arcadia. Ooh. Hmm. Now, this is going to get quite law heavy if we uh, get too much into it but just as a, a general note just to roll that over it's a nation on the continent of Arcadia far to the west of Avistan and the ruined continent of Aslant oh Aslanti oh god Matt's looking at his map yep so that Aslanti are the uh, aren't they waterborne well, it's like Aslanti are uh, an old race they no longer exist uh, the one Eric Anesh is very yes. interested in no that oh, was the Avastani that was the Avastani uh, weren't you listening so, no <laughs> no I was busy Lupin never did so yeah. just the way of the tea <laughs> that's why they're friends <laughs> um, no Aslant Aslant is um, where the the star stone comes from isn't it like the the, the star stone that's at the centre of Absalom is right. all to do with Aradin and uh, yeah, I think it is, but I don't know if the ruined continent of Aslan would fall there. Maybe that's one again for a side cast. If you want to roll society, I do have a bit more information about it. Uh, yeah, Lupin society. Oh, I can't roll above a 10 today. Oh, it's a uh, 21. Yeah, I'm not rolling. Not trained. Oh, uh, 28. 28 from Malachi again. He's full of knowledge tonight. Oh, yeah. The Deadshot lands reside on Arcadia place near Halana, which, unfortunately for its oppressed human and Tengu denizens, is run by an overbearing theocracy devoted to the demon lord Pazuzu. The wind-born theocrats rule the land, enforcing their erratic will with elite soldiers called Mivanians. And Mivanians maintain control through two primary means, their notorious alliances with avian demons and their tight control over access to deadly firearms. Oh, firearms. <laughs> and just as a reminder, through this portal, you believe the card The Big Sky exists. And if Malachi shares that information with us, of course, um, Wilhelm is going to pull he out. He doesn't, he doesn't. Okay, he's still, on, he's is, still yeah, going to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he he's he's gonna he's gonna pull out his uh, own hero deck and um, sort of riffle through until he finds the big sky and um, sort of holds that card up to the rest of the group. Ooh, ooh! And uh, he's gonna say, "This might be relevant if we pass through here with what uh, with what Malachi has just told us, but the big sky." Um, does represent momentous and, and powerful change. I think we should be careful. Sh should we decide to go there first? Seems like uh, like sound sound advice in in any scenario, but particularly this one. Uh, very much behind Wilhelm in this. That was a good job. We didn't go through it before to try and find some, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Well done, Lupin. The big sky well is the chaotic good card of the hammer suit. So Lupin will uh, look at the others now. May I? And gestures towards the portal. After you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and uh, with, with no one appearing to object, uh, takes a breath and steps through the portal. All right, guys, what now? <laughs> <laughs> Malachi takes a running jump. You all step through the portal. Ready for a new map? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Want to describe what you see, Aaron? Oh, it's a full aviary. <laughs> a full aviary of tengus and they're all tengus. wearing bandanas except for one at the front who's looking at us like what is that in their hand like a shuriken yeah it's like yeah. a kind of ninja bird person uh, but there is a lot of them and they're all they're all looking over their shoulder like we have just caught them by surprise <laughs> <laughs> just did they all go did they, when we step through did they go mine mine old trees hanging with ivy and moss provide deep shadows but the trees end at a rolling plain of waving grass so green that it almost glimmers in the bright sunlight a few clouds scud across the bright blue sky while a deadfall provides something of a defensive wall along the side of the clearing closest to the plains beyond you see a group of 15 tengus led by maybe an older dun-feathered tengu. What do you do? Uh, they haven't noticed us, so... Not immediately. Um, we appear here, and what are they, they're looking over this kind of barricade. What can we see in the distance past them? So you see like this, this whole kind of green area to the east of the map. So you're in this kind of forested area. There's this kind of trees that have fallen, providing some kind of cover. And then this is all over to the east side of the map. Very open grasslands. Long grass and kind of small little, not valleys, but paths kind of lost within the grasses themselves. And you hear them chattering away to each other, a kind of sense of urgency and fear. But they are speaking a language you do not understand. So hearing them chatter in a language he doesn't understand, Aaron pulls out the wand of true speech and casts it on himself. So you cast it and yeah, you, you begin overhearing them. They are speaking a language known as Razatlani, which is the common tongue for Arcadia. And as you cast it, they kind of hear some squawking of these Tengu and some nervous energy as they hear you cast the spell and turn and immediately the rebel steps up to you and goes, what do you think you're doing here? Who are you? Name yourselves now. Peace. P peace, my friend. Uh, I'm sorry, we're, we're explorers. Uh, my, my name is Aaron Spokepoint. My, my, my compatriots d don't share your tongue. This is uh, Lupin Malice, Malachi Bordello and, and my protector, Wilhelm. Please, we mean you no harm. Are you from Mervanian agents? Sit no, here. No, no, sir. No, I promise we're not. We're, we're, we're travellers from Absalom. From Absalom? How did you find yourselves here? That is thousands of miles away. It is a most confusing thing. Uh, we we, we uh, have dabbled in magic we don't quite understand. And One moment we were there and now we're here. Please, sir, you must believe me. We mean you no harm. Well, diplomacy. What is he squawking about? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, right, I'm going to hero point that because that was a three. It's uh, no DC 20. <laughs> oh, you passed. No. Oh, I passed. Okay, good. Okay, good. Are you saying you are not here to hurt us? That is correct. It's correct, sir. We're travellers. Turns around to his kind of companions. It's, it's okay. They say they're from Absalom. And they're like, Absalom? Absalom? What do you mean, Absalom? Absalom? You say you do not speak our tongue, but you seem to speak it perfectly. Uh, he still has the wand of true speech in his hands, and um, he holds it out like with an open what palm. What is that? He says, sir, this is a wand. It can uh, allows me to cast true speech. It's so I can understand you, and I will only be able to understand you and you, I, for, uh, for the next two hours. Do you speak the common tongue by any chance? I do not speak the common tongue. I speak um, abyssal, elven, halfling, raz atlantis, shelvan, taldane, and tengu. That's most impressive. Um, uh, Aaron turns around and... Hang on, I think taldane is common. Hang on. <laughs> yes, I do speak common. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, there's a couple of... Um, Shared overlaps been, there with Lupin, so they've been speaking common this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which have a very saying. unusual dialect. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he speaks he speaks to them again in the in Atlantis. My colleagues are unable to speak Taldane, but I can converse with you. Tell me again, you're not here to kill us. Are you working for the Mavanians? I'll be honest, sir. We don't even know who the Mavanians are. Well, unless you, Mr. Malice, have you heard of the what was it? The Mavanians? No, no, I'm, fr- I'm afraid that's uh, that, that's not not one I'm I'm familiar with. Is uh, I'm afraid my my travels to the west have been somewhat limited. You say you come from Absalom. How is that possible? We've been hiding here for three hours. We would have noticed you. Uh, yes, and unless we'd used some kind of portal to to teleport in. Aaron steps forward and says, uh, "As I said, sir, we, we are explorers. We're seeking." magical artifacts uh, and they have power we don't quite understand and one of those magical effects seems to be teleportation we we had no idea that we would end up right here in front of you you and your camp all we saw was a clear clearing of trees and greenery and we stepped through and now we find ourselves thousands of miles from home please see it from our perspective we're, we're as much stuck here as uh, as you are surprised that we've landed here. Also, none of you happens to be a trained medic by any chance, do you? Level 20 <laughs> died very recently. <laughs> it is good you're here. I don't really understand why. If you're not here to hurt us, my name is Skornak. These are my rebel friends. We are currently behind enemy lines. We have been raiding the Mervanian stockpiles of their weapons. We wish to return them to our base, but we are struggling to get behind or get across the field. They rule the skies. And you can see now that you've, he said that, that they are all looking above, sort of hiding almost under this this fallen tree and in this clearing that's separating them from the, the main the main fields, if you like. And we would know from Malachi's law check before we stepped through right that he'd said he'd said about this that these guys are like there's a there's a an oppressive rule on this place and they work with what was it avian demons yeah wind wind demons did you say avian demons yes if you don't know why you're here but you are here there must be a reason for it i'm afraid there is a uh, little more reason than uh, the nature of exploring is uh I could explain to you all the all the various details, uh, but uh, it would perhaps take longer than we have for now. 
I would ask that uh, would ask that you understand we, we stepped through a portal leading to an area we did not fully understand, and then we met you. That that is the extent of our our knowledge. Lupin, as you are talking to Scornak, you hear from the north the beating of a drum. Doom, 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 doom. And Scornak suddenly starts panicking and the birds become all restless and start squawking. Quick, they're here. They must be coming. Arm yourselves now. And you see from the northeast a small troop of soldiers armed with what look like large spear launchers begin marching as a spear comes thudding down and lands in the tree above you. It's going to be time. To roll for initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Look at these guys. Look at these birdie boys. They're all gonna die. Oh. Natural twenty. Oh, it's a two nat twenties on initiative. Yeah. Got a twenty-nine. Forty-one. I am rolling terribly. I'm not going to roll in the 15 Tengus into initiative. <laughs> Are they a group? Is it? A- they're just, uh, they, you, you can see they're, inc- they're incredibly ill-armed. Like, they, they don't really have weapons on them. They're more like scouts. Oh, that's annoying. You must protect us. Are you able to do so? We are. We can help you. There's nothing I'm better at. If you help us, I may be able to help you. But we must survive. We must make it through enemy lines. Combat begins. Lupin, you are first. The first thing Lupin will do is he will uh, grab hold of the amulet from around his neck. Then he will reach inside his jacket and draw his pistol. And then he will take a uh, take a look at the uh, the closest enemy tango. I'm going to call them the red feathers because they've all got red feathers in their caps. Yeah, let me just show you the artwork for these guys. They're pretty cool. <laughs> that's oh, pretty cool. cool. It's basically like, if a raven was also a cavalier. Yeah, like a yeah. raven, quite scaly. Oh, as well. Red feathered yeah. hat, like a cowboy hat almost, <laughs> holding short swords. These ones in the art anyway. Pretty cool. Little Napoleon birdies. Can we have the leader as well? Got artwork yeah. for him. So I'll show you him as well. Looks like he's carrying the... Uh, Looks like he's carrying wow. the plasma rifle the BFG, from Halo 2. He does, <laughs> yeah. does look like yeah. that. <laughs> Like his insignia on his on his uh, on his arm of the bird claw. Oh uh, yeah, like his yeah. armor emblem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly yeah. what it is. Actually, so yeah, he's, Lupin will um, will look at him at the leader, noticing he appears to be in charge, and mm-hmm. um, will seek to exploit vulnerability on him. Okay, so you've rolled exploit vulnerability and failed, I'm afraid. Yeah, so I can only use the creature's personal antithesis. Okay, thank you very much, Malachi. You are up. Malachi starts to sing. Can you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men? It is a music of a people who will not be slaves again. Copyright. In the beating Copyright. of Copyright. your heart echoes in. Oh yeah, sorry. And casts by courage. Okay. Inspiring all of these. All these birds. All these birds <laughs> into action. They're all very inspired. <laughs> They're very inspired. And then, how far are they away, Craigles? Let's have a look. What's that? 85, 90 feet. Okie dokes. Let's go in with the big guys. Level 10 fireball. Phantom Orchestra at 6th level. Ooh. That will capture all of them, please. That's a DC 31 basic fortitude save. 
Okay, let's go ahead and roll these fort saves. So big one first. Uh, critically Critical fails. Fail. Brilliant. Nice. One fail, one pass. So three fails and one pass on those soldiers. So if you want to go ahead and roll damage from this phantom orchestra. 29 points. So half for those that passed. For those that failed, which is two of them. Cool. All the damage goes out, Malachi. And, and does that just... You can sustain it, is it? Or... Sustained up to one minute. It. Sustained up to a minute. Okay. Thank you, Malachi. It is my soldier's turn. Oh. That will drop. That will drop my... You've got... Yeah, it's a concentrate. Yeah. So you're going to have to drop no, inspire drop. courage. Inspire courage. Fine. That's fine. It is my creature's turn. And one of them, he is going to kind of walk over and he raises this kind of weird looking contraption points it into the air and fires thunk and a giant spear comes shooting out of this launcher towards malachi with a 22 to hit that will miss okay next soldier comes walking out of this cacophony of noise you can get a bit closer and he aims for Lupin with his launcher with a natural one. Oh, <laughs> it's all going well today. <laughs> yes. Third one comes out and he's going to fire at Aaron with his launcher with a natural 15. Does a 33 hit? Um, yes, it does. Although he is shooting through these trees in this barricade. Does he take a penalty? Uh, no, because he's aimed it up and he's going over. Okay, them. that's a hit. Then. So it's not cover. No cover. Because it's like a, okay, it's like a, yeah, going up. Garage. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that's like a firing hit. firing an arrow over, I guess. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a hit. Great. So here's your damage. That is 18 points of damage damage. Ouch. And that is his turn. Wilhelm, you're up. I have literally no escape, uh, no no uh, ranged options. If you hold your turn, I can get you closer. Yeah, I would I would like to hold I, I would like to hold my turn. I have nothing to do otherwise. Do you want to get in and up close? Because if you hold your turn, yes. I can use my turn to get you closer whilst also keeping myself back. Yes, I think. I mean, I would like to stay somewhere around you guys, but they use ranged weapons. They will never come in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so delay, and uh, it will be Aeron next. Okay, so what you see is Aeron running up to the tree and kind of climbing up on top of it and stopping there okay and he turns around to Wilhelm and says I can get you closer um uh, Mr Mr Malice do you want me to get you closer to them too yes 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 please go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and, <laughs> and with his newly restored voice he starts casting a spell and green energy and he shoots it forward and hits both of you and you teleport from your position to the squares on the battlefield right in front of the enemies. This is a spell called Collective Transposition. Oh, it's a sixth six level spell. I can teleport two creatures 
to new spaces within a 30 foot range. So they must be 30 foot to me and I can transport them 30 foot away. So here, here or here, or like m not quite in front of them, but only five foot away. Yeah, yeah, I'm or just thinking away, that if because of where they are, they, we'd lose a full round getting to them. Sure. So I'm yeah. thinking at least this, you know, is going to at least get a hit in this turn. That's what I'm thinking. So um, yeah, I, I teleport Wilhelm so you can choose a square, like just in front, one square away from them. And Lupin, if you want to teleport as well. Are you going willingly? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll move. Yeah, and, and that's my just turn. As you cast that, a Scornax says, "You must be careful. Remember the skies. Remember the skies. Do what you must, but you must get back to safety soon." And it is Wilhelm's turn. Um, Wilhelm, sort of stumbling for for a second and and reorienting, is gonna mm, he's gonna draw his rapier for his for his first action. Then he's gonna step toward. One of the Tengu patrols, so that he's in melee range of every one of them. Yes. <laughs> and um, for his last action, he is going to try and hit a snagging strike against the middle one. Okay, snagging strike from Wilhelm as he's teleported in front of the three Mavenian soldiers that have pushed forwards towards the clearing. Go ahead and roll to hit. Ooh, that's a 13 for a 38. Critical hit. Nice. 30 points of damage and... Um, 30 points of damage. And 7 points of acid damage against the creature's armor. Okay. And it's off guard until the start of my next turn. Okay, thank you, Vilma. Um, what did you say was the final bit? It's off guard? Um, yeah, it's off guard until the start of my next turn. Thank you very much. Do you have any more actions? Nope. Okay, it is my creature's turn. Steps out of the orchestra and then aims at Wilhelm and fires his spike launcher. Thunk! And rolls Whoa. a natural 20! Wow. <sighs> yeah, that, that crits. As, as it hits, uh, Lupin turns and flashes his amulet and uses Amulet's Abeyance, so he or a target ally, so in this case, uh, Wilhelm, gains resistance to all damage against the triggering damage uh, equal to uh, 2 plus my level, which is uh, 14 points of damage. So he gets resistance 14 to whatever happens. Ooh, that's good. Okay, got it. Thank you, Jason. So here comes your damage, Wilhelm. Ooh. That is Oof. 59 points Ouch. of piercing Eight. damage. Minus 14? Minus 14, so... Uh, okay, so 45. 45 points of damage. That and hurts. <laughs> you see it reload. Chunk throws another spike into his launcher. Scornax turn. You see, you see him kind of rallying his troops. We must hide. Make cover, boys. Make cover. And you see the birds start... Oh, everyone went with him. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Not you. Stay in the tree. <laughs> and then it is the final soldier's turn. This one cocks his spear launcher and launches his loop in with a 31 uh, to hit. That is a miss. Okay. Second action, he's going to reload and 
third action, he's going to move. Okay, that's round one. Just a quick recap. The clearing, Aeron is stood on the tree. Malachi is still in there, holding his spectral orchestra. The four soldiers have kind of grouped up to push forwards. Lupin and, Mal uh, Lupin and Wilhelm have been teleported in front of them. Wilhelm laid out a crit, but has also received a nasty crit from their leader, who stands slightly set back to the north. It is Lupin's turn. Lupin will, as a as a free action, so as, as quick as a flash, Lupin's uh, hands sort of blur and he, he swaps the amulet over for the mirror as his implement. And uh, with a quick look down at the mirror, he shines it and a duplicate of Lupin appears directly behind the creature that is uh, currently face-to-face -face with Wilhelm. Okay, one of the yeah, one of the Mavanian soldiers that Wilhelm just critically hit. Yes. Okay. So both versions of Lupin draw a uh, hold up the pistol, and uh, and both fire, but only the one behind the soldier actually fires. So it's obviously they're mirrored, mm -hmm. um, and as he fires, the old version of Lupin vanishes. So he's firing his pistol at the one directly in front of him, is he? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I've just used the mirror to to, to teleport myself to there and to um yeah and to fire so it's one action to use the teleport one action to fire so he's not the subject of my exploit vulnerability so i won't get a i won't get the extra from this he is off guard though so uh, attack roll is uh that's a natural 10 for 31 that is a hit lovely stuff and the 18 points of damage thank you lupin as you make your ranged attack, the soldier behind you and the leader to the north are both going to get free launcher attacks on you as reactions. Nice little ability called Go for the Eyes. Nope. Called Snapshot. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So the uh, one that's closest to you first fires off its gun and misses with a 25. Nice. The big boy at the top fires his. Let's get another nat 20. Come on. Oh, no, that is a hit. Only 34 just. is a hit. Okay, brilliant. So here comes your damage. That's 20 points of piercing damage. Have you got one action left, Lupin? I do, yes. For the final action... Okay, yeah, Lupin is going to take another shot. He hasn't got to reload it or anything? Uh, he does actually. No, not yes. him. Good, uh, good shout. Yeah, sorry. Reload. So yeah, that's yeah. So that's the final action. Is Lupin reloads his pistol? Okay, Malachi, you. Are you sure you wanted to do that? Up. <laughs> I sustain and I can move it. I believe within range. Yes, you one, can. There's one action. Range. This is moving the Phantom Orchestra. Everybody in that area needs to give me a fortitude save. Yep. Nice. That's a nice spread. That's, uh, that's good as well. 16. So you pass, you only take half of this. Okay. okay. So Wilhelm, you took a pretty big hit, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I still have the spear in my arm. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know what to do. Can I sort of use an action to hide? Yep, you can take a hide action for sure. Yep, I'll do that. So I'll move up to the barricade and sort of position myself so the the guy can't the major guy can't see me and neither can the tengis okay so you take cover and so standard cover becomes greater cover yeah so you get a plus four to your ac basically yeah that would be my turn 
and your inspired courage will then drop. Yeah. It is my creature's turn. He's He's got his gun there, but Wilhelm is right in front of him and he's feeling peckish. So he's going to take the beak action. Beak. beak. Beak me. Here we go. Oh. oh, that was on the 18. Misses with his beak action. His second action, he's going to reload his gun. As he reloads his gun, Wilhelm, sort of see, seeing that small opening, tries to stab him while he's distracted and is going to attempt a strike. Okay, go for it. With a natural 16 for 41. Critical hit. Massive. Ooh, that's low damage though. Uh, that's a 37 points of damage. And he's off guard until Wilhelm's turn. And his armor takes 12 damage as well. Okay, cool. Got it. Uh, you actually break his armor with that oh. Wilhelm. Nice. Nice. Wow. And then with his final action, he is going to move towards I just, the woods. Hold on, I just realized um, it was a crit. So his, it, was it a manipulate action, the reload? Uh, reload. Yes, it is manipulate. It, because if it was, then uh, Wilhelm disrupts that action with a crit. Okay, cool. So his gun is not reloaded, but he is going to move away towards the woods. Is that going to trigger as well? Oh, uh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that second one. <laughs> Okay, it's the next creature's turn. He's going to turn around. This is the one that's been crit hit already. He's going to turn around and beak at Lupin with a 30 to hit. Uh, that does not hit. Oh, he's going to beak again. Oh, oh bloody hell. Miss. He's going to move as well. Is that going to trigger? Yes, that's going to trigger All an right, attack. We'll take your attack then. Come on, crit this man. Crit this. Natural 14 for yes. 39. That's a critical hit. <laughs> yes! The crit machine. Oof, that's 38 points of damage. His armor is also going to be destroyed. Yeah, it's 16 damage yep. against his armor. Yep, his armor is destroyed. He is going to move out of the way. And then it's the final one's turn. He's going to try and beak loop it again. Beak! <laughs> Ooh. Natural hey. 20! Yes! It's time to get beaky, baby. Here comes the damage to you. A massive 42 points wow. of piercing <laughs> damage. How big is that, that beak? Is, that is some beak. <laughs> it is a big beak. It is beak. a large beak, yeah. I'm going to need a fortitude save, please, Lupin. Oh, no. It's going to give you herpes. Not again. This. Is it the girth or is it how long it is? It's a 32. Both. 32 is a pass. Unaffected. Wonderful. Yay. Aaron, you are up. You're currently in the tree. <laughs> Yes, so Aaron, it, seeing uh, the bird to the south coming towards closest to him, really, it's kind of running out straight at him. Yep. He's going to jump down from the tree to meet it there, and as he does, he starts charging all of this um, occult energy in his fingertips, which he, as he comes face to face with the bird, he pushes out in a 50-foot line, which I believe is going to emanate, hit this square, hit the bird, and then no, no, up to hit this one in the corner. Because that okay. is 50 feet. So the boss at the yep. northernmost bit of the, uh, of the battlefield. And that is a sixth-level shadow blast. So what Ooh. emanates from his hands, and it's go he's going to shape the shadow plane into a... 
force blast. So they must roll a save. It's going to get Will. If Wilhelm had a bigger ass, it would have hit him. But as we established <laughs> before, he, he has only got a little ass. His law accurate small ass comes to save him once again. <laughs> so it's force. So I assume it's going to be reflex. Okay, so what bottom one first? Oh, it's on the one, but that's still a fail. And the bigger guy to the top rolls his reflex save and gets a success with a 33. Okay, here comes the damage. Oh, that's a lot of dice. Oh, Oh, that's a lot of big numbers. 35 points of force damage. And the creature in front of you explodes in a puff (laughs) of feathers. And, and, it goes ah! t- <laughs> and it goes whipping past Wilhelm's, uh, like it makes his hair move as it zooms past and hits the boss to the north, so he'll take half of that. He's taken it. Thank you very Excellent. much, Aaron. Very cool turn. Wilhelm, you are it. Wilhelm, sort of turning around from that uh, blast behind him, uh, looks around, sees, sees that one of the Tengu is deader than dead. He's fried. It's KFC. And, um, yeah. Um, and he looks to the direction where where the blast was headed and sees the the leader sort of still still kind of fine he's gonna take that as a challenge and and run toward the leader okay with his first action Um, as a second action he's gonna raise his rapier sort of now standing one to one with with the leader and, and, and assuming a dueling stance so he's gonna enter his dueling stance uh-huh. And for his last action, he's gonna try... Sure, um, another snagging snagging strike. Okay, go for it. That is going to be... Ooh, natural 18! My rolls are on fire today, You've guys. rolled nothing okay. lower than a 15. It's disgusting. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. It's so good. Does that, by any chance, crit? It's a critical hit. Yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That's 45 damage. Ouch. Plus uh, 12 damage to the armor, and the creature is off guard until Wilhelm's next turn. Okay. That is Wilhelm's turn. Brutal. That has broken his armor as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Wilhelm. And it is that creature's turn. He's absolutely livid. <laughs> He's going to step away from you. Oh no, my biggest weakness, the step action. (laughs) The step action. (laughs) He's using the step action. Be careful out there. (laughs) It's a trap. It's a trap. And he raises his feather-like hands and casts a spell at you. What the heck? Let's go with this one. I'm going Can to I change need... my rapier to a lance? Um, <laughs> retrospectively. A fortitude save, please, Wilhelm. Ooh, I can do those. Uh, historically, I've begraded those. I haven't been petrified yet. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, Wilhelm's uh, warding tattoo starts glowing, and he's going to get a plus one status bonus to the check. Against the non-fiend? Yes. Brilliant. It's a basic reaction. <sighs> uh, that's a 32. Saying crit success, but that can't be true. Oh, your successes become critical successes. Okay, right. then you are unaffected. Uh, nice. Okay, Squarnak hustles his birds further into the woods. You must hide. You must get back to safety. The skies are not safe. And it is the soldier that is next to Lupin, and he is going to step forwards and flat-footed now with his companion. Bring out the dreaded beak. Beak. <laughs> beak. 
Oh, oh 35 man. to hit. Uh, yes, that's a hit. Comes the damage. 22 points of damage. And then he is going to move away towards Wilhelm. Okay, it's the top of round three. Lupin, you are up. You've taken a couple of beefy hits. Yeah, it's uh, not feeling amazing, but uh, there we go. Such is the way of things. Yeah, so Lupin will will move up away from the bird that is right next to him. Yes. And uh, before taking the shot at this boss bird, is he, uh, he grabs the amulet back in his hand and sort of holds it up. And you see sort of the, the waves coming out of the amulet intensify. He's going to use the action Intensify Vulnerability. What that does mechanically is that my amulet now repels the creature's attempts to harm me, so I gain a plus two status bonus to AC and saves against the target of my exploit ability. Very cool. For final action, he is going to uh, raise the pistol and he is going to take a shot. Who are you taking a shot at? The, at the big the guy? the bird. Oh! oh what? <laughs> that is a natural 20. We talked about cheating at the start of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you've had a couple of 20s. I was going to say, yeah, you've had that two in true. this combat, including a true. beak that nearly took my fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's true. So, All right, Lupin, roll your critical damage. So that is 39 points of. Um, of damage. Ouch. And then on top of that is you've got the intensify vulnerability as well. So it's eight points of damage. I'm presuming that's doubled as well. So that's, well, that's a weakness. That's not doubled. That's oh, not doubled. Okay, so he just takes an extra you, eight points of damage. On well, Jason, he had eight hit points left, so that creature <laughs> is <laughs> dead. Explodes. So, absolutely. As yet, as he takes a bullet between the eyes, falls backwards, Lupin just lowers the gun. Bye-bye, birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and the yes. curtain comes down. <laughs> you get your hands off my curtain. Right, Lupin, have you got any actions left? Uh, no, that's his turn. God. Right, Malachi, you're up. Malachi sustains his massive concordant choir of cheetahs and he's going to be really self- Oh, no, he's not. He's going to go there, look, and get both of the one to the north and one to the south. I will need another basic fortitude save, please. Moves his phantom orchestra. That's a natural one and a 31. A so a pass to the crit fail. So roll your damage for me. There we go. Oh my. <laughs> 32 points. That kills the one that was behind Wilhelm and damages the one to the south. And then grabs his keytar aims it at the bird just to the north. Um, I will know he will get cover, but casts from his keytar a phase bolt. Phase bolt, okay. Energy. Roll to uh, hit. That, that one actually doesn't, I think. Yeah, he's, phase bolt specifically does reduce cover, I believe. Oh yes, it does, you're right. Make a ranged spell attack roll against your target's AC. Target's only circumstance bonus to AC, such as a form of shield or cover. Reduce that bonus by two for this attack. This is a cantrip. Okay, go ahead and roll. Uh, 27. That's a hit. Oh, excellent. Uh, here's my damage. 22 points of piercing He's looking damage. rough. That is my turn. It is his turn, though, and he's going to crawl through the undergrowth towards Malachi. <laughs> he's been waiting <laughs> for his chance. 
he tilts back his head and raises <laughs> the beak. beak. Here we go. Here's my attack beak roll. Oh, oh, 36 oh, to hit. That's a hit. Does that hit, Malachi? Are you sure? That Do hits. you want to check that your armor? Hits. Oh, okay. 20 points of damage with the first beak strike. And Ooh. then he is going to reload his spear launcher for his final action. There's only two of my soldiers left, so the one who is in slightly better condition goes down towards Aeron, raises his head back, and releases the big natural 18 for oh 36 to hit. So uh, it's just a regular yes. hit, though. That Here's the hits. damage, Ross. Good damage. 26 points yeah, of piercing damage. You've been damage. rolling good, and your damage has been rolling good, too. So yeah, no. and here comes the second big attack. He may as well. He's in the vicinity and misses with a 20. It is Aaron's turn. You're face-to-face -face with one of these beaky creatures who's just given you a nasty little gash on the side of your face. Yeah, I don't really feel very happy about that. So it, Does it, that make it, him Aaron the Gashin? Hero point! Hero point. Oh. You've got about five minutes left to use it. But yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Um, having just been attacked by this bird, Aaron retaliates and places his hands onto the creature and it almost kind of blinks out and all it sees is just pain and fire and fear and sadness as he casts agonizing despair on the creature and he will need to ah! roll me a will save so that is a 17 total a 17 is a critical fail so he's going to take double damage and become oh, frightened three no. so here comes the damage <laughs> 19 points of mental damage and now he's frightened three Ouch. And yep, then got for it. my final action, Aaron is going to move to the north towards Wilhelm. As you move to the north, the creature that is engaged with Malachi, who reloaded his launcher, is going to get a free attack with his spike launcher. Oh, it's on the 20, oh, but it miss. rolled off. That's 26 a is a miss. Okay. And it is Wilhelm's turn. Lupin. Yes? After you have exploded... <laughs> The guy um, in front of both of us, you, you look over at, at Wilhelm, sort of trying to look at a, at a whoa, sort of excited reaction. And all you see is him looking at you and those same sort of shadows that enveloped him when he killed Belinda sort of, <laughs> sort of fume out of him. And he looks at you in this, with this look that you've never quite seen on him before. And... And you hear in your head, that kill was mine. And, <laughs> and just as fast as that, as that came out of him, as both of you hear the sounds of Aaron being attacked in the back, he sort of snaps out of it, looks over and runs toward the guy that just shot at Aaron and tries to strike him. Uh, with natural 19, with a 44 to hit. Jesus. You beat his AC by 19. <laughs> That's 45 damage. Yeah. My, my two hit was almost as high as my damage. <laughs> yes, the as you step forward with your radio, you carve this bird into tiny chicken nuggets. <laughs> chicken nuggets. Okay, is that turn, Wilhelm? Yeah, that's turn. Okay, and it is Lupin's turn. There's just one creature left to the south who is frightened three and looking very unwell. Okay, so Lupin 
his first action is going to reload his pistol. Uh, yep. Then is going to move here, and then we'll take aim and fire at the, the bird as it's uh, sort of bleeding and struggling to get away. Uh, oh, it's nearly a 20! That was very good. Do you know what? I'm going to use miss. that hero point. Hey! Um, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> uh, it come in handy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a natural three. Natural three is a hit. Because <laughs> oh, <laughs> of the frightened three. Because of, of the frightened three. three. Yeah, it's AC. It's so low. Roll damage, Lupin. Okay. He's looking rough, isn't he? He's yeah. looking very rough. Uh, that's 13 points of damage. Lupin, would you like to go ahead and describe your kill? Yes! Okay, so, yeah. Yes! <laughs> you said the thing. Yeah. So, yeah, as as this obviously terrified creature is, is sort of crawling and trying to get away, having realised it's bitten off more than it can chew, literally, is Lupin just takes aim and goes, Don't be such a chicken. And And the bird explodes in a plume of feathers. And from the clearing, you hear Scornak calling out, Well done, well done, thank you for saving me, but you must get back. The skies are not safe. And the curtain comes down. (laughs) Lupin Ballas, the king of one liners. Another slaughter, another slaughter. (laughs) you've been listening to describe your kill the death of destiny find out more at describeyourkill.com thank you to paizo michael gelfie creator cord sirenscape kevin mcclaud foundry and sigil services get all the links on our website this podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by paizo inc used under paizo's community use policy we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content this podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com.